Hello and welcome to the Keyboard Chronicles, a podcast for keyboard players. I'm your host, David Holloway, and I'm thrilled as always to be here with you. Um, I'm really excited this episode to introduce Mr. Grant Larkham. Now, for those who do follow our YouTube channel um, closely, we've actually had the privilege of doing a rig tour with Grant, and we'll talk about that in, in the show coming up anyway. But Grant um, is one of the roster of keyboard players or pianists with postmodern jukebox, and we talk lots about them as well. Uh, and it's a thrill talking to Grant, who's someone sort of early in his career and starting to find some success. He has some great insights on a whole range of topics, the touring life, um, his learning experiences through his upbringing and lots more. So, yeah, I think you'll enjoy this one a great deal. I hope you do. And um, I'll talk to you after the show. Evening, Grant. I can't thank you enough for joining us. And um, this is a little bit of a strange one in that you're the very first guest, and this is our 102nd episode, where I've had the pleasure of meeting you face-to-face before we do the in-depth interview. Oh, awesome. Okay. I didn't even realize that. That's yes. great. So for the sake of our listeners and viewers, I had the pleasure of seeing Grant play live in my hometown a number of months ago with Postmodern Jukebox, and we're obviously going to talk about that in a, a little while. But, um, Grant, I thought we'd start uh, just with how your year's been outside of postmodern jukebox. It sounds like you've been a busy man and that you have your hands in lots of different musical activities to, sure. I suppose, to make a living. So, uh, let's see. I'm, I moved to Nashville uh, coming up right on two years now uh, to kind of pursue piano, music full time. Um, and when I first got here... Uh, I was actually, I landed the lobby pianist job at one of the nicest hotels downtown, right across from the Bridgestone Arena, which is where uh, the Nashville hockey team plays and lots of major acts, you know, come and go there. Um, So I I was doing that for a while, just a few nights a week, and that kind of paid the bills. Um, Got to meet a lot of people, lots of foot traffic, you know, going in and out that really nice hotel. Um, So let's see, I did that for a while. I was just picking up random gigs here and there because the one thing everybody told me in Nashville, you have to network. And yeah. anyway, that that was tough for me because I, <laughs> by nature, I'm kind of a more shy person, more introverted. Um, but I really tried to make a point in moving here to take any opportunity that was thrown my way because that's pretty much the only way you can advance in this industry and it's extremely competitive here so i just took you know some of the worst gigs i've ever done in my life um you know some i regret but you know it it was all in this effort to just show people okay i'm here i think i'm a good you know keyboard player organ player um and, and that that was my whole goal in moving here so lots of networking did the um lobby piano thing for a while um, I, I got involved with Fiverr.com, if you've ever heard of that. Oh, I have, yeah. Freelance website. Um, so that was just another additional source of income. So it was, you know, playing at this hotel, random gigs, doing all the Fiverr stuff, weddings, uh, lots of um, wedding mashup songs. One thing that got popular in the last couple of years because of TikTok, uh, <laughs> all these brides would see a piano player play Canon and D 
and then kind of end it and then go into some <laughs> some pretty version of a pop song, some you know classical fied version of a pop song. So lots of that stuff just here and there to diversify the income streams because that's kind of what you have to do as a freelancer, you know. And I, I'm sure you understand that. So. Hey, look, you've opened some beautiful cans of worms there, Grant. I'm not sure which one to explore first, and I want to sure. explore them all. So fi- let's start with Fiverr.com. So I assume that yeah. was what, creating original music or uh, whether it was theme tunes or jingles or what What was the work on Fiverr? So a lot of what I started out doing was uh, doing ghost tracks for people. So essentially I, I-, I got connected with this um, producer in Japan and we did multiple albums, like just cover albums. So we did yeah. like three Beatles piano cover albums and he would pay me X amount per song and I would, I, I could pop them out pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and so we, we, uh, we started forming a good business relationship there. So lots of that stuff. So I have dozens and dozens, probably hundreds of, at this point of uh, tracks on Spotify and elsewhere that are by me, but you won't see my name, but unfortunately. Uh, so it was a lot of that kind of stuff, which was great. It was great cash rolling in. And I that was the first time where I really felt like, okay, I can make a living just doing this. Because um, back home where I'm from, you, that's not really an option. Yeah. Um, yeah, so started out doing a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, like I said before, the wedding tracks, that – that kind of stuff really took off. Lots of wedding mashups and stuff. Uh, did a few, uh, did some session work, remote session work, things like that. So that pretty much encapsulates all Fiverr, of the Fiverr yeah. work. But no, that's that's great. And I, I just, yeah. yeah, I love the whole ghost thing. I, I hadn't realized that was a thing on Fiverr. So that's great. And as you yeah. know, Fiverr has its challenges as far as they're, sure. they're not great at uh, passing on 100% of their fees. And I don't mean that in an yeah. ethical way, but they, they're quite hefty, the fees. It, it's, yeah, I think at this point, it's uh, 20% of the total yeah. uh, uh, work order, whatever. Um, plus, um, yeah, they take 20%, and then you're kind of hoping that um, people tip on top yes, of that. And, you know, right. so that, that was a big thing for me. Um, and I, I would just really strove to be really fast, really efficient, you know, under promise and over deliver is kind of how I think about that kind of work. And I would get repeat customers constantly through Fiverr. So that actually turned out to be a great way to make some income. And uh, I started noticing my profile kind of climbing up the charts, you know, so I think it may be not at this point because I've kind of paused my, my freelance Fiverr work. But at one point you could just search piano and I was like the third or fourth person so you know that that was a lot of organic traffic coming my way absolutely yeah now that's a great one that's one we've not had people mention before and then i have to ask about the lobby pianist job so sure that um it is obviously a brilliant way to play a lot of music over yep. a long period of time just yeah, what 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 were your recollections of that period of time and what did you learn and even any amusing interactions you've had over that time sure I really loved that gig. That I, was, I started off by saying that it. I kind of considered it almost just like a paid practice session because yeah. it was a very relaxing thing. The the management didn't really care what I played as long as it wasn't overly bombastic and and people were enjoying it. As long as it was something enjoyable for you know guests to listen to. Um, so I would do. 
I, I would do all kinds of, you know, Michael Jackson, Nirvana, Red Hot Chili Peppers and put my own spin on things and just kind of it, it was a fun chance for me to just experiment in the music and just kind of open things up and and, and take some more risks and stuff. Because in an environment like that, it wasn't necessarily a piano bar. It was more just a, uh, oh, there's a piano player there. And it, it wasn't a space that people were sitting and actively listening, but more in the background. So that kind of let me feel comfortable in doing a lot of experimentation um, which I think that made me a better player. I would get you know requests all the time, so I would I started building that repertoire. You know, um, it it was really a great experience for me overall, and, and the pay was great. The tips were great, and and again, you meet so many people. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. Look, I, yeah, I'd love a gig like that. And so, um, and I, I can't uh, resist asking. You said that you did some early gigs, and I understand you probably won't want to name <laughs> venues or people, but yeah. you mentioned that there were some <laughs> things that you regretted in the broadest non-identifying sense. What were some of those gigs that you now regret taking? Well, you know, like I said, when I first moved, when you don't know anybody, you don't know who to avoid. Um, and, and also you don't really have great expectations of how much money you should be making for whatever amount of work, you know, how far should I be driving, you know, what gear should I be providing? You know, it's, it's really hard to gauge. Is this really worth it when you're trying to just build a name? Uh, so I, you know, I really can't go into great no, that's detail, okay. but, um, you know, everybody's taking a gig that just really didn't end up being worth it. Yeah. And it may or may not make you a better person or player in the end. But I, now it's I, 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 I'm wiser in the idea that I, I, I know what my time is worth at this point. Yeah. And I know what to avoid and what sounds sketchy, you know. And so that was kind of the thing, picking out, <laughs> uh, sorting the weeds, you know, yes. so to speak. So. No, that great. was my experience with that, but no. all, all in the effort of, you know, just putting my name in the back of people's heads because Nashville, especially, and I'm sure this is for for any you know large city, you know, people's recommendation is kind of everything, and so that was another thing for me. I just I wanted to be recommended by people I'd played with, and that just leads to more and more and more gigs. So. That's yep. right. No, great perspective. And um, I think we've all been there as far as the, yeah, I, 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 let's just call them rip-off gigs to, to be broad. Um, so, and um, going back to your musical upbringing, I think you mentioned, did you say you did classical piano for, was it 16, 17, 18 years? What was the... I, I started classical training when I was five years old. Wow. And um, There was a point, there there was maybe a year, a year and a half where I was without a teacher, but pretty much five years old until I I got my degree in May of 2021. It was, yeah, about 18 years straight of, you know, fairly intense classical, classical training. I didn't always practice like I should have, and I probably could be a a better player had I, (laughs) you know, logged my um, practice hours a little more accurately, but you know, we we've all been there, I guess. And I've got I've got so, to ask, Grant, did that that length of time doing classical music did it uh, ignite a passion or squash a passion? I know we have other guests where just the pure 
uh, length of time in one genre and you either decide you love it or you're maybe, as you've already said about jazz and other things, sure. it, it sort of guided you to others. Was that the case for you? These days I find myself kind of, I've kind of backed up from the classical rap, not to say I ever got burnt out on it. Maybe at one point in college, I sort of started to feel like, okay, you know, why am I doing this stuff? Am I going to be doing this music, you know, in, in the real world, so to speak. Um, but now I find myself kind of going back to some of that classical rep because I realized that's what gives you the chops. You know, that's what makes you understand and appreciate music, I feel like, and, you know, appreciate your instrument and what it's capable of, you know, um, you know, I'm doing less of the classical rep these days and leaning, you know, way hard into the jazz and pop stuff. But I, I know what gave me chops. So, you know, I, I don't resent classical music or anything. I know a lot of people hit it so hard in school that they probably never touched it or never touched their yeah. instrument again. Uh, that That's not really the case for me just because I, I think I genuinely just love everything there is Great. about piano. But yeah, no, no, that's that's really well put. So, um, and, and um, like you've mentioned, jazz, and we'll, we'll definitely talk about other aspects of your career. Um, but as I mentioned at the start of the show, I've had the pleasure of seeing you play live with Postmodern yeah. Jukebox, and and you certainly demonstrate the whole range um, of skills across genres that you need to with that outfit. So the romantic in me says, Grant, that you're playing in the lobby bar. Scott Bradley walks in and goes. I want that guy as part of my <laughs> roster for postmodern jukebox, but I, I'm sure that's not what happened. Well, I yeah. don't know. So tell us how you, well, you got that gig. That'd definitely be a cooler story, I guess. Um, so here, he, here's the story. It, it's not super exciting, but um, I didn't realize this, but uh, Scott actually lives in Nashville now. He lives okay. uh, a little bit north of town, and uh, I, I didn't know this moving here. And you know, Scott Bradley is always been one of my piano idols just <laughs> modern day stride piano he you know he's he's the guy um so anyway first off I, I didn't realize that um but when i first moved to nashville i joined all these facebook groups for musicians at as you do uh you know again in the spirit of networking um and i was just scrolling one day this was let's say that this was uh, March of 2022, so March of last year, I was just scrolling on Facebook and it just it happened to pop up. It said, uh, casting call for postmodern jukebox seeking Nashville based musicians. And that I saw that and <laughs> my heart skipped a beat a little. And I was like, oh, I had no idea that, you know, anything, anybody to do with postmodern jukebox was in Nashville. And, but, you know, Scott had moved there and it's kind of now the, the hub, you know, it's where we rehearse before tours now. Um, so anyway, I, um, the requirements were you, you just had to send in like a one minute video kind of just showcasing whatever, you know, your talent is. And so I, I just made a really nice looking video playing in a couple different styles, some, some jazz ballads and stuff, you know, attempting to do the stride. I, I'm no Scott Bradley when it comes to stride, but I, I think I'm, you know, I, I'm decent with it. Uh, so made, made a video, submitted that, and then it was a wait. It was, a, you know, hope they get back to me. And so I waited and waited and waited. 
And then, uh, let's see, it was July of, of last year. Um, I don't know what I was doing, but I somebody messaged me through my personal website, and it happened to be one of PMJ's other piano players, Jesse Elder. And he um, he messaged me and said, hey, man, we uh, we sent you an email two weeks ago. Um, (laughs) and he said, did you see it? And I was was like, what? And he said, yeah, we, we sent you a tour offer. And I said, no, I didn't see that. And then he, he resent it. But anyway, so what had happened, it went straight to my spam. Junk mail. Yeah. Yeah. Straight to the junk mail. And I just didn't see it. Wow. Um, so luckily Jesse thought to reach out to me you know, another way and, and <laughs> kind of warned me. And so then I pulled up the email and anyway, they offered me the, um, uh, let's see, it was a six week USA fall of last year. And, um, yeah, that was my first ever tour, you know, with, with, you know, anything, anything like semi like yeah. professional. Um, and man, it was, I, I remember sitting in my car after I, I signed the the contract and sent it in and um, I called my mom and dad and girlfriend. I was just sitting in my car crying. Like Absolutely. I was, it, I was like, this is, this is my break, you know, and Absolutely. you know, this is, this is what I moved here for. And um, yeah, I'll never forget that moment. That, that, that was, yeah, that was a pretty, pretty crazy thing. For me, like it, it felt like a dream, yeah. Uh, because you know, PMJ was a band that I I was just a fan of, and really, just really loved. And and I even remember back in high school, um, I was watching a PMJ video, and I told myself, I said, I'm gonna tour with this band one day. I I don't I I clearly remember saying that to myself. And then it's just it's funny how things just yeah connect and 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 happen sometimes when you you kind of manifest those thoughts and energy and stuff and um i don't know well yeah yeah it it came back and it and it worked out so anyway i did that tour and um and i've done four tours total with them since it's coming up on well a little past a year since i first completed that that first tour now i've got to do you know australia new zealand Mm -hmm. and uh all over the U.S. and Canada, um, and it sounds with, it sounds great. Like <laughs> you were perfectly prepared. Just given, like you've talked about your lobby penis role, sure. doing the ghost tracks. Like I can't think of someone better prepared after fifteen to twenty years of classical training, sure. loving jazz, doing all that. You know, essentially. Uh, music on demand and then yeah. obviously pmj is such an amazing outfit so what what was your woodshedding process like for that first two how, sort of how much notice <laughs> did you have and what was that like for you yeah so they let's see they ended up sending me a dropbox of music um a couple weeks before no i mean whatever because the arrangements we use are kind of a little on the looser side yeah. you know it, it's a lot of you know, filling in, uh, you using your own common sense to fill yeah. the part. Um, but man, I can't tell you how nervous I was though. That first time looking at those charts and just 
how how do I do this the right way? Because I just I didn't know exactly what the right way was, but I, I practiced and practiced and did a lot of listening to the YouTube videos and, and stuff. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd done a lot of listening, a lot of listening and playing along. Um, but still, that didn't make me any less nervous for that, that first day of rehearsal. And then they kind of helped me follow the mold a little bit more because up until that point, I, I, I've been pretty much a solo yeah. piano player. And, you know, that that's a different thing than playing in a group or ensemble. It, it's it's so different. And, and learning learning what range of the keyboard to avoid and just understanding how to fit the part. You know, That's right. and so I needed a little bit of help with that, but they they steered me in the right direction. And I think at this point, I I mean, it's just made me such a more well-rounded player being with this group and 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 playing with such world class musicians, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I'm going to talk about some of those musicians in a sec. But do you recall sure. what the first live show was like? Where was it? I'm sure you can probably tell me where was it and what's your recollections of your very first show with PMJ? Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember we uh, <laughs> it was kind of it was it was some odd routing, but um, we we drove overnight to um, I think it was Tallahassee, Florida, where wherever um FSU is Florida State University. I, I think that I believe that's Tallahassee, and we played on their campus, and um, yeah, I remember <laughs> I remember the first night on the tour bus ever being on a tour bus and just so much you know, nervous energy and stuff. Oh gosh. And I remember waking up and then suddenly you're, you're kind of across the country. And first off, I thought that was weird. You know, you sleep and then you're somewhere else. Um, gosh, I just, it's, it was so much nervous energy. I knew I was prepared, but you know, you never really feel fully prepared for, for a gig like that, especially your first time. Um, and I just remember walking out onto the stage and seeing all the empty seats, you know, just just looking and then like, this is going to be full and it's going to be this many people. Um, <laughs> yeah, just so 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 many nerves, you know, yeah. just something something new like that is always, you know, always kind of like that. But uh, that first show went so well. And yeah. I was like, wow, this is this is amazing. And then it. it, it Playing for that many people, it from that first show, it it just made me realize like, okay, I, I I'm pretty sure this is what I'm meant to do on this on on the earth, you know? Yeah. Th this is why I'm here is to entertain and 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 just to feel that the energy and people pay money to come see me. It's like that that's absurd, you know. So, but anyway, lots of nervous energy, but. Pretty soon, you know, you realize, okay, I'm in safe hands with these guys. Um, you know, they've they've got my back, and, and everybody was so welcoming and kind, and just because they had all been in my shoes at one point, but most of them were kind of vets, you know, when I had joined in. But it was just a welcoming environment. Right. They. It was great. It was great. Yeah. Just an amazing experience, you know, all the way through. So. No, that that's amazing, and um, and and because it's not just the musical preparation. And correct me if I'm wrong, Grant, and maybe lesser for you sitting behind the the piano or the piano shell. Um, 
but there's lots of choreography and I don't mean highly formalized dance although for some of the singers there's obviously some of that as well but the choreography of the night must take initially some getting used to it because it's an amazing stage experience not just a musical experience yeah it (laughs) oh gosh yeah because PMJ you know is more of a um it's more like it feels like a Broadway you know musical experience so yeah there's Lots of stuff going on, lot, lots of change outs. And, you know, suddenly there's a tap dancer and then there's a singer and then there's three singers and then we we bow. But then we're not really done and we come back. You know, it's, it's a lot of a lot of choreography, you know, lots of staging and stuff. Um, but, you know, that, that stuff kind of really just gets kind of baked in pretty quickly. You know, I think you just kind of learn that flow of the show. And then by the end of it, it feels like nothing. Yeah. You know, it just, it goes by so quick too. That first night didn't, but you know, pretty soon after that, it, it just flies by, it flies by and and you get so comfortable and like, you just live for those moments on the stage, you know? No, great perspective. And for those our listeners and viewers that were um, that aren't aware of PMJ PMJ yeah. at all, which would be rare, um, it's just an amazing um, as as Grant mentioned, more like a Broadway Radio City Music Hall. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just absolutely amazing. But even for those that do know, know PMJ, they're the, from their amazing videos. Mm-hmm. This is a whole different experience live because you are definitely getting a lot more. I'm going to use the word joy. Not that the videos aren't brilliant, but there's a lot more live joy and warmth and um, just sure. the, the vibe of it's incredible. Um, to the extent, and this is just an anecdote from my perspective, Grant, one of the most overplayed songs in my opinion, and I understand it's a beautiful song, but it just annoys me, is Hallelujah. But going to, yeah. going to, going to your gig... Yeah. And watch um, it's Effie, Effie, isn't it? Effie watch Effie sing, yeah, yeah, watch Effie sing that song. I now yeah. love that song. She's literally turned around my love for a song based on sure. that one one song. So yeah, I do recommend to people don't judge yeah. the videos as brilliant as they are as yeah. the only thing you'll get when you go to a PMJ live show. Yeah, yeah, you know the videos. The videos are great. The arrangements are so good. You know, Scott's a brilliant arranger. Um, but you know, sometimes recorded music can just come across as that's right. kind of flat, you know. Yeah. And that that's not that's not the band's fault or the you know the technician's fault or anything. That's just it's really hard to portray that the that the the dynamic nature of live music, right? And yeah, so a PMJ live show, such a different experience, you know. It it's it's so engaging and it's more of a two-way communication type thing, you know. You know, we feed off the energy of the audience big time. Uh, we're not just up there in our own worlds. We're, you know, we're, we're listening and and trying to make sure the audience is having a great time because that makes sure that we have a good time. Because, you know, when when an audience is dead, it's not a great feeling at all. So yeah, it, it's a pretty different experience going to see see us live versus just the YouTube videos, which are amazing but yeah the live show is just so much more personal so much warmer so much so high energy and i i think it's if you like the videos you'll love seeing pmj live that's right you'll love it 
So no, I agree. I can endorse that. And so let's. Um, what a regular question we ask Grant, and it's probably the perfect time to ask you is: I'm sure mm-hmm. things have gone wrong at the odd times. <laughs> is there a, is there a memorable train wreck that's happened oh. to you, whether with PMJ or something else? It could be anything, but just yeah, whatever comes to mind. Our our shows tend to be pretty tight, but. Mm. You know, things happen. People get sick. And that's something that we deal with for the most part is when a show changes because of illness. And then somebody has to learn somebody else's song and kind of carry that extra weight. But it's it's hard to pick any train wrecks because these people, these people are such professionals. They they just they do the work, you know, so there's not anything big coming to mind you know there's there's always small things and you know it's it's the nature of being a musician to just criticize yourself super hard meanwhile nobody else in the world notices that's just kind of how we are i think um so there's definitely things that i i've kind of fudged on uh but i'm sure nobody knew so yeah i i hate to just not answer that there's, there's really um I'm sure. I'm sure. Before I was there, over the course of ten years, I'm sure something crazy has happened. But at least I haven't been there for any major train wrecks. That's right. So far, no, I cross my fingers. But yes, you know. may it stay the same. Yes, that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. And then talking about keyboards themselves, obviously in PMJ, and we've done the yeah. rig tour, and we'll link to that. It yeah. is quite a. Uh, standard because it is so piano driven from memory yeah. it's pretty much 100% piano for you isn't it yeah um yeah. like 99% of the time pmj is going to be strictly piano um I, on some shows i think i threw in like a whirly patch That's just right. for like one th- maybe for band solos or something i may have done a Rhodes or whirly patch or something just to give some texture but for the most part we're not trying to trick the audience that it's a no. real piano but that is like that that keeps it more authentic keeping the the piano sound even though it is like you know normally a really nice keyboard hidden away in there but you know that's the idea so no, absolutely and um I, I um interested in any highlights across, uh, and it doesn't have to be the Australian New Zealand tour, just any particular tour high, highlights where you've had a, someone, a guest jump up or just a show that's gone just for some reason particularly well or um, stuff like that? Let's or is see. it all a highlight? Maybe it's all a highlight. Man. Well, you know, first off, traveling traveling that far around the world for me is just, you know, you got to look back and it all just turns into one blur because it's so fast paced and high energy and you're doing so many things um gosh i i do remember i think it was our show in uh melbourne oh yeah i think that was a sold out show and it was just like for for me it kind of clicked that there's we have a worldwide audience that mm. is passionate about this and i mean we can we can feel giant venues across the world like it i i do remember that first show in australia and it was just such amazing energy and, and for me at least yeah that moment just yeah. felt surreal to just to see and know that there's fans everywhere you know and and another thing so i i didn't get to participate in this but pmj actually did a, um, a jazz festival in indonesia 
like 10,000 people wow. that knew PMJ. So again, just adding to that point, it's a worldwide fan base and it's just, it, nice. it's just so amazing that it, it, in, you know, with modern technology and the internet, everything can make it anywhere. And it's that's just, that's right. it's just so surreal. It's, it's so cool to know that we have fans everywhere. No, that's so, great. Yeah. Agreed, yeah. Totally. And, um, just, I mean, you mentioned Jesse before the the touring behemoth that PMJ is. Are you? So I yeah. assume there'd be what? Are there three or four piano players, and you sort of just all tour when you can? Yeah. Or? Yeah. So right now, I think there's probably four or five different yeah. uh, guys on. You know, all kind of rotating the piano chair, and and I think we just, you know. Manage band management is kind of this like mysterious thing that we don't question. So we, yeah. you know, we we don't know when we're going to be asked to do something. We just nah. take it when we're asked, you know. Um, but yeah, so right now it's, let's see, yeah, probably four or five different guys just rotating yeah, out, right. and it, and it's you know PMJ is so interesting in that aspect too. You know, people aren't buying tickets, you know, for the band personnel. It's it's the arrangements of music, right. which is a very wholesome way to think about, you know, indulging in live music, you know, that it's a more authentic thing. I think when, you know, you know, people aren't there for this person or this person, but that's right. They want to hear the music. And I think yeah. that's so cool. It so, is incredibly cool. Whether or not I'm actually touring or not, I think it's cool. So, yeah, it is. No, it absolutely yeah. is. And, and this is my poor research. Does Scott himself still go out and play some gigs? I'm sure he does. I just he, not. So, you know, he's not actively touring, but no. um, he does. He kind of bebops his way around to some yeah. some some really big shows or yeah. you know very special shows or especially uh, shows close to Nashville. Yeah, uh, for instance, the, you know, PMJ's on a U.S. tour right now that I, I'm not on. I'm here at home tuning pianos uh, mostly, um, but they played. Uh, it's called Pelham, Tennessee, about oh, yeah. an hour south of Nashville, and it's called the Caverns. Is the oh, venue? Yeah. It's an underground. It's a cave system that they've kind of retrofit a, wow. uh, a stage in, and so PMJ played there, and I got to see all my friends. And Scott came, and you know, he. Um, he he likes to do this mashup thing on the piano when he's when he joins a show. show. So he um he'll he'll call out to the audience and say name your favorite bands, whatever, and he'll pick artists and then do a mashup on the fly, which he's wow. a master of. So yeah, he you know, but he's not actively touring. No, nah. but he does make some special appearances, and you yeah. know, people always go crazy for that. So. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. that's great. And so do you, uh, and I understand you may not be able to say, um, but do you have any tours booked with PMJ at the moment or just you, you will hear a month um, or two months before? Or Yeah, uh, I'm not currently booked for anything, but yeah. uh, the word is they're, they're starting to um, uh, snag some people for uh, this upcoming 10-year ten ten, um, touring anniversary oh, uh, that's going to be going too. through 2024. So we're going to be hitting all over you know europe and the uk that's great uh, all over the usa so I, i'm really hoping i would love to do a europe tour because that's something i haven't gotten to do yet um but at this moment i i can say i'm not currently yeah. booked for anything but who knows i hope yeah. that changes and you know i'm sure it will at some point but and you know i'll, I'll let everybody i'll 
always make a big Facebook announcement. Yes. Like I'm back on the road, you know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so yeah, there, there will be some announcement at some point, but again, you know, the management is a mystery and we, you know, we just kind of say, okay, yeah, we'll do this, right. you know? No, that's reasonable. And sure. and so, I mean, you mentioned um, the piano tuning and you're doing all that. So, but from a musical and a playing viewpoint, how do you keep yourself busy, interested, occupied from, or, I mean, keeping those fingers, I suppose? Are you a big practicer or you just do some pickup gigs between or? So, you know, it's funny. I, I really don't play uh, here in Nashville too often at all. Um, I found a great uh, gig here uh, doing piano tuning. I, so I'm now a piano technician when I'm home. Um, and the company I work with, Seal Keyworks, uh, out of Franklin, Tennessee, amazing company who took me in and gave me free training and wow. um, sent me out into the field. And uh, they're just so flexible with me. So I can literally say, hey, I'm going to be gone for two months. And they say, yeah. great. <laughs> and then I can come home and still have a job, which is that's great. You know, I don't know how many companies would be that no. flexible and, and, you know, and, and that understanding of the chaos of a, a touring musician's schedule, whatever. Um, but, you know, I, I've got my Nord Stage 3 here at home and I I, I fairly frequently upload TikToks and uh, the occasional YouTube video. And um, you may have seen earlier, I have my overhead camera set up yeah. uh, and I use the software Cordy that you know, it's a MIDI analyzer in real time that um, you can show the the, the staff and, uh, you know, a keyboard showing exactly what I'm playing and chord analysis and all that. So I really do en enjoy making those videos, but I, I don't approach the piano at this point um, like I'm practicing. It's no. more just enjoyment. Yeah. And, you know, if, if there's something I want to get better at, I still don't consider that practicing. It's just kind of grinding on something but it's 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 not practice it's just yeah. honing in on my craft and that that's how i feel about it so good perspective love it and um i i one of our other standard questions grant is um tagging a keyboard player so is there someone out there that you admire inspired by that you would love to hear more about their life story so uh eric barfield uh he uh, he runs a website called the Patch Foundry, where okay. he makes amazing patches for sale uh, for tons of different keyboard models. Uh, he he does these really cool packs, like it's called the Cover Band Pack, and it's yep. just he literally makes you know song specific patches um, with you know multi page patches to get you through these songs as a as a uh, cover band keyboard player. So Eric Barfield, check Eric him out. He, he's amazing. Okay. He lives here in Nashville. I uh, haven't personally met him, but we keep up on social media. But Great. We, yeah. no, I love it. Great suggestion. Yeah. Um, and then the dreaded Desert Island Disc <laughs> question. Sure. Let's see. Okay. So number one for me, uh, Nirvana Nevermind. Yep. Um, so, you know, it may sound weird coming from a classically trained pianist, but I remember being 12 or 13 years old and hearing Nirvana for the first time. Mm. And before then, I don't think I realized what music I liked. And it just, that clicked with me. I love the 90s grunge alt yep. scene. So that's one. A lot of people hate on Nirvana. Not I love pick. Nirvana. I love Nirvana. Um, now, let's see. See, I'm so bad with album names. But uh, let's see. Alice in Chains. Oh, yep. It's the, whichever one Man in the Box is on. It's going to be a facelift. 
Facelift, Facelift. Alice in Chains. Amazing album. Now let's see. So th- now I've got to throw in an Oscar Peterson one. Um, okay. Because he, he is my, he's my guy, Oscar yeah. Peterson. He has like a million albums. It's yeah, so unfair. Yeah, very prolific. <laughs> like, can I just say everything Oscar Peterson has yes, ever, ever made? That's Oscar fine. Peterson all the way. <laughs> okay, Credence Clearwater Revival. Oh, yeah. Um, it's going to be Pendulum. Yep. Pendulum, uh, CCR. I love CCR That's so great. much. Yeah. Um, I should throw more like jazz in, but I, I'm really like a '90s guy yeah, at heart. Yeah, with that, which is crazy. I was born in '99, but like that's like my music. Uh, and then finally, let's see here. It's gonna be uh, Stone Temple Pilots. Oh yeah. Um, and it's gonna be Core. Core Stone Temple Pilots. So that's, those that's are my five. Nah, a lot of effort. you know the '90s alt rock stuff, yeah. but you know anything like Oscar it. Peterson, any. Any jazz, I mean, any classical, I, I eat it all up. So I've, I've got a pretty big range of musical tastes, I'd, I'd say. But Yeah, no, that's brilliant. No, good I think those and- could get me through uh, some boredom on a, a deserted island. So. And I always get excited. You, you've picked, I think, of those five, four of them haven't been picked before. Okay. Um, and, and because we have a Spotify playlist with all our guest album selections, so it's coming up to 4,000 songs. So from a selfish wow. viewpoint, I love variety because I love listening to that playlist. That's amazing. So, okay, yeah. yeah. Is there? I've got to get a link to that. Yeah, I'll, I'll put a link to it, yeah. So it's just that's if you look cool. for Keyboard Chronicles guest, um, it'll come okay. up. But yeah, it's um, so that's that's great. Thanks, Grant. And then our last but not least question, the quick fire uh-huh. 10. So 10 short and sharp answers um, to some things. So, okay. fir- first album you ever heard? First album I ever heard? Well, first one I remember hearing is going to be Nirvana, Nevermind. Yeah, there you go. Yep, yeah. That makes sense. Um, your most important pre-gig ritual, what do you do to feel like you're ready to go on stage? Oh, so especially in PMJ, we, we huddle in a circle and somebody has to, is randomly appointed to give a pep talk. So, always a good, nice. good you know, friendship, pep talk, you know, happy, let's do this, guys. Yeah. That's great. Love it. Um, favorite size performance venue? Are you a intimate bar, a theater, a, a small arena? What, what, what you floats know, your boat? I, I love them all. I love a good intimate performance. But, you know, when we played at the Paramount in Seattle and 3,500 people, that's more my speed, I think. Yeah. That feels great. No, great. I think I know the answer to this one. Transpose <laughs> button or adjust on the fly? Oh, man. Look, it's okay to use the transpose button. I'm not against that. If you're, if you, if something's happening crazy on the fly, just use the transpose button. Don't risk it. Yeah, gotcha. Love it. Um, favorite gig you've ever done, if that's possible. Wow, uh, Ryman Auditorium here in Nashville. That was a very. Yeah. That was my third. Uh, third or fourth gig with PMJ. Yeah, that's a big one. Such a special venue. It yep. is, absolutely. Uh, favorite city you've ever played, if that's possible? Seattle's close, but I'll probably go to Melbourne. Oh, yeah, yeah you did mention. Yeah, yeah. great. That was, that was an amazing, amazing city, amazing energy. Yeah, one of the best cities in the world, I'd agree. <laughs> um, name an artist you've not worked with that you'd love to work with. I'd love to work with Haley Reinhardt. And Casey Abrams, upright bass player. But Great. Haley Reinhardt, you know, used to be with PMJ, but she's she's kind of pretty big on her own now. So I don't know if that'll happen, but fingers crossed. Yeah, there you go. Love it. 
Uh, favorite music documentary or movie? Okay, Whip Whiplash is cool, but uh, there's a great, there's a really great documentary just about Oscar Peterson's life. Don't remember what it's called, but if yeah, you just search you Oscar mean. Peterson documentary, so yep. good, and you really learn a lot about his upbringing. Yes, no, great one. And um, name one thing you'd like to see invented that would make your life as a keyboard player easier. There's got to be some way, a case that's <laughs> that's easy to roll, that can carry your keyboard, a music stand, your keyboard stand, you know, a laptop, all your accessories, all in one thing. Because too often I'm rolling a keyboard, carrying 14 things in this hand, and stuff just starts falling. It, easier way to transport keyboard stuff. Yeah, love it. That, and that's actually original. You're the first person to suggest that. So that's okay. great. Love it. Uh, and last but not least, your favorite non-musical activity or hobby? What keeps you sane outside of music? That's a great question. Um, I actually do a lot of photography. I, right. I do a lot of, I have a lot of creative hobbies. So I, I love graphic design and web design, but uh, photography is another one of my great passions. And that's when I get to tour, I always have a camera on me and you'll see me out in the city taking pictures. And that's kind of, I, I started a dedicated photography page when I was in Australia, actually on this last run, um, Grant's perspective on, on Instagram. So yeah. Brilliant. No, I love it. Grant, I cannot thank you enough. You're barely getting started. I think you're, you've got another 40 or 50 years of amazing creative output to come across thank all you. of those things. So you can't thank you enough, particularly on a Saturday night, as we always sure. say, um, much appreciated. And we'll definitely keep in touch. Yeah, please. It was really nice to talk to you again. Yeah, It was really nice meeting you when you came out to uh, that one gig. Um, thank you so much for having me, and I look forward to watching this later on. And there we have it. I hope you enjoyed that catch-up with Grant. He's a highly humble guy with amazing chops. I've witnessed them live. Um, I know I sound a bit like a fanboy for postmodern jukebox, but legitimately so, um, as we talk about during the show, if you do have the chance to see them in your area, do make the time. They are so much more than watching a cover band, believe me. Amazing stuff. So, yeah, huge thanks to Grant again for giving us his time, and we look forward to keeping in touch. Uh, we'll let you go in a second. Just a quick shout-out to our gold and silver supporters, Tammy Catcher from Tammy's Musical Stew. Thank you, as always, Tammy. Um, the musicplayer.com forums, Dave and the team there, we've been proudly members for over 20 years now. Yeah, 22, coming up to wow. Um, so do check out the musicplayer.com forums if you're a keyboard player and like hanging out with like-minded individuals. Um, the Radio Grande YouTube channel, if you like funk reimaginings. So um, just think of Postmon Jukebox with even more funk, if that's possible. Radio Grande are the place to check out. Uh, Mike at MidnightMastering.com for really high-quality mixing and mastering services from a great guy who I've had the pleasure of knowing for close to 30 years. Highly recommend Mike's work. And last but not any means least, Brother Paul Brown from The Water Boys. He's been a long-term supporter. Brother Paul's out there kicking goals left, right and centre and getting fitter by the day as well, if that's possible. I don't know how he could be any fitter than he already is. But, yeah, do check out The Water Boys cheering near you soon. So, again, a huge thank you to you for listening. Um, 
and we will be back in a fortnight or so. Until then, keep on playing.